Welcome to episode 17 of Cyberbytes the Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Cooper, co-founder of Aspron Search. This week's guest, we have CEO of Dope Security, Canal Agarau. After almost going to jail, Canal has turned the corner and managed to graduate from the University of Berkeley. A semantic Alumi and first-time Google Ventures portfolio founder, Canal reveals all about Dope in this episode. How are you, mate? Hey, Joseph. How's it going? Thanks so much for having me on here, huh? Nice one, mate. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I've just uh, I've just had a daughter, so uh, she's three. I know, three. that's the craziest part when we were yeah, talking yeah. about Hey, by the way, I have a daughter coming, so I might need to delay this one. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So I know we had RSA and then baby was born and it's just, yeah, been a bit mental. But I knew I needed to get you on, so I, uh, I'm really interested to hear about your journey and a bit more about the products and a few other little factors that we can throw in. Um, but first of all, I guess with all my all my guests, Canal, I've just been running through your career journey to date uh, and to how you've got to where you are right now, mate, and we can talk about the funding and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been, I'm born and raised in the Bay Area, right? So it's California, essentially, San Jose. If you're from here, you know that the world kind of revolves around technology here for many, many decades. But uh, a lot of that gets embedded into everything you do, right? Like we started using laptops very, very young age. So, I mean, me specifically, I my whole life has been around computers. So I, I started to get into, let's say, the dark side of the <laughs> of the internet um, and at a very young age. So like a lot of piracy and this and that. And that becomes a little bit of a, a, a gateway drug to many other things, right? You do tons of like, things from botnets to malware and this and that and ultimately when I was a kid all I wanted to do was grow up and honestly it sounds so corny but I wanted to work at Symantec when I was a kid <laughs> so um after doing like hacking almost going to jail working at Symantec for a decade force point included on there so it it, it was it was it was high time to basically take those learnings and yeah. build, you know 100% so when you joined Symantec what role did you go into there so yeah, I started off as an engineer, right? Okay. So I studied at UC Berkeley and as an engineer, being an engineer from there, you essentially choose a, from a variety of different opportunities. You have to, of course, interview. It's not like you just get it for, for like that, but being an engineer is something that you, you essentially trained for, you went to school for. Yep. And so I started off as an engineer and then through kind of uh, the stars aligning, I ended up becoming a product manager very quickly after uh, being an engineer for a few months at Symantec. Cool. And you what you spent almost 10 years there, did you? Yeah, between that and Force Point. I mean, I say I kind of like jumble them together because these cybersecurity companies, they have insane amounts of experience. A lot of people, like tons and tons. And there's all this circulation that happens, right? Imagine there's a new EVP or there's a new CEO or C whatever it may be, they bring in their own people. If there's an acquisition, those people would come in as well. And so you kind of have this uh, situation where you went to undergrad at Berkeley, but postgraduate at UC San Semantic, University yeah. of California Semantic. So it's kind of a, it's been, it's been really nice to learn from those people. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, I think everyone that will be watching this will be thinking you, you don't look old enough to have had 10 years of industry experience, but uh, we'll save the flattering for later. Um, yeah. So great. Where did the inspiration come from then to, to, to found Dope Security? And I'm really interested to know where they can, the name come from as well. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, it's it, it comes from a very uh like organic feeling, right? If you imagine in California at least, you cannot go five minutes without saying dope. 
So if somebody says, oh yeah, let's go to that restaurant, it's dope. Or, hey, that movie was really dope, whatever it may be. And, and then you start applying it to anything else. Like, oh, that hoodie is dope. You know, those kinds of things are so natural, at least here in California. And for me, bringing a bit of home to the mm -hmm. world is what I love doing, right? And when we were at Symantec and whatnot, this idea of, oh, we'll create this, this AI-based DLP tool called Dope AI. You know, it was always a thing. This was like in 2015, 16. And then finally in, in May 4th, because uh, I love Star Wars, May 4th, 2021, yep. the idea of dope security was born as a, hey, we're going to build a cybersecurity company that really embodies passion, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of passion and energy and love into building what you do. And that is why we call it as dope security. Yeah, love that. Love that. So May the 4th, we founded. I, I've obviously saw that you got your seed in September. Was that right? Yes. And then... Uh, yeah, it was kind of a... It around was, then? Yeah, I mean, sort of, right? And a little four you, million, you know, just a little four million. That was well, it. Well, <laughs> you know, you, you know the, the, the announcement date is different from when you actually sell yeah, yeah. the money. But yeah, there's, so there was a little bit of a, a, a difference in those timings. Okay, cool, cool. But then recently, sort of March time-ish, got the, the 16 million from Google Ventures. Correct. So I sort of, uh, a big part of doing this has been around finding people that really appreciate dope security as a name and as a brand and what we feel as a people, because there's 30 of us now, right? But we all kind of came in from different corners and under cobwebs at, at Forcepoint and Semantic, right? Because we were really not the executives at these companies. All yeah. of us, like the people that were working hard on a day in, day out basis, right? So when you come together and you say, hey, let's go in and do this, you have to find people that actually believe in that story. Yeah. And the, these two guys, Ed at Bold Start and Sangeen at Google mm -hmm. Ventures, uh, they really believe in the vision and, and brand of Dope Security. Yeah, I was going to ask how, do you find them or do they find you? And is there a process around it? Yeah, so if somebody is, I mean, obviously your audience can probably contains of like tons of different people, but essentially the way it works is, um, it, it, it changes year to year, right? So like this year is going to be way different than last year, which is different than the year before that. But when we were first raising the, 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 the sort of seed amount, you need that to build an endpoint product, right? So they kind of figure out, hey, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? Oh, and also, why are you doing it? Like, what makes you special as a person? And so if you combine that together in a beautiful pitch, then you'll get be able to potentially raise an amount to go out and build that product. Yeah. Got you, got you. So what about, you mentioned like passion is a big part, and I know that is like all over your website around passion, love, energy. How do you identify that when you're hiring? Like, is there sort of, have you got, is it interview questions? How, how do you get passion in out within an interview process? Because it's quite a difficult thing to do. Yeah, I mean, I think like, you know, birds of a, 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 a like uh, feathers of a bird flock together, right? So that you kind of start to find those people. And once you find a few, a handful, they yeah. actually bring on the other people as well. So a lot of what we've done, not everyone I worked personally with at, at uh, Semantic or Horsepoint, a lot of the people in the company I did, but, uh, you know, like, I'll give you examples. Asif. Asif is, is our sales leader for, he's based in, in London and, in, and he basically leads sales for all of EU. He is so uh, passionate, I would say, about selling. But one of his biggest, uh, I, I kind of say his origin story is that he lost deals at Symantec and Forcepoint because the product didn't work properly. Yeah. So in his mind, he's thinking, 
Kunal, I'm not really interested in, oh, it's a gazillion dollar deal. That's not important to me. What's important is that I go back to that same customer, that same person that I lost the deal at and now win the deal because he wants to prove to himself that he can do it. You know, <laughs> it's like Erica, she's our head of design, right? Like she had worked with me at Semantic and Forcepoint and, and I've known her for like six years and we talk every day basically. But you know, she used to tell me, I said, like, I don't know what I'm doing sometimes because I'm designing something that people, A, they don't have appreciation for, they don't really respect. And I'm not even able to do my best design work here because the, the colors are off or this is off or that is off. And so you can see, I mean, on the screen behind me, like what an amazing job she's done. Yeah. And slowly but surely you build this culture of like, hey, let's go in and make something awesome. And that's why we call it. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I saw some of the um the RSA collateral on your LinkedIn and that that was whoever come was that her that come up with that stuff? Because that that was great. Depends which one. It's always a collaboration. So you'll have to tell me which one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a lot. It was great, but I think the brand is on point. So um no, whoever's done that has done a really good job. I you mentioned or I was going to say, these have things like they always come together, right? Like there's obviously Ashley, uh, Ashley is a, our product marketing lead. So she works pretty heavily on some of this stuff as well. So, mm -hmm. uh, and, and same thing with Amar, um, you know, he does finance and marketing. So just everyone kind collaboration. of together, collaboration um, and some of it comes down to design. Some of it's editing. Like if yep. you saw the video, the after movie that you saw PK in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's what I saw. Yeah. Well, I, I edited that video. <laughs> you'll, take, you'll take credit for it. <laughs> I'll no, take that's... credit for the video. <laughs> I, I remember specifically because I, I was talking to Amar, which I said, as I mentioned, yeah. he's in marketing. He said, but Amar, we, we, we got to have someone shoot the video. <laughs> well, <laughs> or you're not going to have someone shoot the video. I mean, it just, it always becomes a thing, right? And, you know, you can see him rolling his eyes from a finance perspective. So, hey, dude, we're already spending this much on RSA. Like, yeah. you know, let's try to, let's, you know, make it happen. I said, and I always look at him and I say, you know, but we got to have someone shooting the video, right? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, Wow, there's loads to pick up on. So a couple of other things you mentioned. So you mentioned you've got somebody in London. Are you are you operating in a, a fully remote business or the majority of the, the staff close local to you? Or Yeah, so I mean, I've never really been a fan of remote working in general because I just find it so difficult to connect with someone over like a video call, right? But that being said, the reality of the last two, three years and at Forest Point, we were fully remote due to the fact of COVID. Okay. So, you know, it, it was kind of like a crash course in how to do these things. And ultimately, uh, what we ended up deciding on is, is that we have a, a full set of people all around the world in California, or basically US, uh, Ireland, and India. And mm -hmm. we try to keep to those locations with specific people rather than just hiring everywhere. So, for example, a lot of our engineering talent comes from a city, Cork, Ireland. You yeah. don't try to hire in like random parts of the of EU, if that makes sense. And we try yeah, to bring yeah. them together at least once every three months. Everyone in the company essentially lands into Cork or Bombay and we all kind of work together on the project. Nice. What was the most recent uh, gathering that you did? Where was that? So like we had a smaller thing at RSA, right? Between sales and marketing and product. But mm -hmm. uh, a couple months ago, there was actually like like just the entire team got together in, in Cork and everyone stayed in the hotel or, you know, if they were there locally, they were fine. But it just makes it much easier, right? Because everyone gets together and works together and it, it kind of has this like high bandwidth transfer of information, yeah. um, which 
especially in the beginning stages of the company, super duper helpful. Yeah, I think it's really important as well that, that there is that face-to-face interaction. So no, that will make sense. One, um, one thing I did want to ask you about was you mentioned providing a first-class experience. And I know you've got the, the Fly Direct uh, slogan and a few other bits that all tie in with that. How are you ensuring that you're providing a first-class experience? I think that's quite a difficult thing to do, but how are you doing that? Yeah, well, the bar is quite low. (laughs) (laughs) Fair, fair point. Like, you know, we had this this customer, like they were using our product and the guy was like, like very clearly impressed. But, you know, you always, when you're buying something and you have five, what, 10,000 people at the company, or even if you have a thousand, you kind of have to say, hey, I'm going to try this, but I also want to just see what else is out there so I can convince myself that this is the right choice of technology. And, you know, just them getting access to the product from our competitors is so difficult that, you know, it just makes it into the situation where, like, you know, our first class experience just kind of, by the minimum of having a trial on the website where you can just sign up instantly, that's huge. Um, By by having people that you can call up and talk to, that's huge. Mm -hmm. Um, Being approachable and, 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 and having... I mean, I think like our product management team is very technical, right? So, uh, you know, if you talk to anyone from Aiden uh, to to Erica or any, or even Amar, everyone in the company can use our product. Yeah. Okay. Like you think about that for a second, it doesn't matter if you are in any function, sales, marketing, engineering, finance, every single person in our company knows how to use our product. And yep. that is the difference. Yeah, I mean that's how we provide a first class experience. If you think about it, if you go in an airplane and you're having a, a like uh, a an incredible like whether it's a dining experience or somebody comes up to you and says, "Hey, thank you so much for flying dope security," that means something, right? Mm-hmm. And so we just kind of try our best to help as much as we can. Yeah, how as you scale, I know you've grown to thirty people or so already. As you do onboard more customers, which is notably going to happen, I think that first class experience you need to keep up because you are going to be, there's going to be a lot of uh, inundation of requests and the various other things that will come in. So it'll yeah. be interesting. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I, I have a theory, right? Obviously TBD. We'll have to do this again <laughs> and see where we Part are. Too. Love that. Yeah. percent. But my, my hypothesis is that if you have a smaller team, that's focused on doing the stuff. And it, it, it creates a sense of, of uh, uh, good annoyance to the point where you can enhance the product so that you don't have that problem anymore. One of the biggest challenges that you'd have at a bigger company is that there would be a support team. There would be a this team of that team and everything like that. At our company, we have product engineers who are essentially not just QA engineers, they are also in front of the customer, presenting them the product and ensuring that they have a great customer experience. And you kind of supplement that with the entire team, which means that if there is a problem, for example, we had a situation uh, earlier where it, you know, there just happens to be like a bit of a, a, a red error when somebody has installed the endpoint without MDM. Mm-hmm. Something very simple, right? Yeah. You're installing the agent um, on Mac and someone has installed it without using MDM it shows up as error and says, hey, please, you know, make sure your MDM is corrected on here. The question you might ask yourself is like, well, okay, shouldn't this all just be resolved? I mean, that's really what the customer wants. So what we've done is we've actually made it so that it doesn't show up as red anymore. Just as, hey, 
very clearly the MDM is not installed and suddenly that just makes you feel that much better. It's no longer red flashing lights. It's like, hey, there's yeah, a little yeah. task here that you have to do. If you go in and complete it, you'll be good. Yeah, it's not an emergency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, so, exactly. What, um, what, so I don't see this very often, but you've actually put your cost or your minimum cost on your website yeah. for the product. I don't see that very regularly. What made that decision? Uh, you know, like I, I used to find it so annoying and semantic and force point where like you'd have like a skew list of like thousands and thousands of skews, right? Yeah. And like all the things would be nickel and dimed. I mean, like, oh, you want single sign on? No, oh, it's extra this, it's extra this, it's extra. Like, I don't get it, right? Because ultimately after all that pricing complexity, you end up getting to a purchase price that's a certain amount anyways, right? So like if 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 I'm you know doing a a a a deal, shouldn't it just be much more transparent? And yes, obviously, if you're buying ten thousand devices from us, it's very normal to get some level of a discount on the pricing. So it fits within a budget. If you're buying a hundred thousand devices at a company like from us, it's not going to be at a sixty dollar price point. It just doesn't make any financial sense whatsoever. Um, and so the, the dollar dollars do go down, but like yeah, there is a little bit of a minimum there, and I firmly believe that if you want to provide a first-class experience, it doesn't just come down to a support process. It comes down to everything. It comes down to a white paper that you can read and actually understand, okay, this makes sense. It comes down to like a brand that actually means something. Mm -hmm. right? And obviously last but not least is what you're kind of mentioning is that, hey, like just be transparent and honest and have a lot of integrity with what you do. And, and now a lot of that I did pick up from Symantec, right? Like we... GA'd the product with SOC 2 certified. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Like this is what it is. If you look at our DPA, our documents, all these things are very straightforward. Dope.security slash legal. And you'll yeah. find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously recently got the 16 mil from GB. What what what's the what's the future hold? What are you going to be using that for? What's what's next for for dope? So like keeping in with the dope signature experience, right? We have to take what we have with the secure web gateway. And that was like a kind of part one. If you, you know, you, you've watched Star Wars, right? Yeah. So like, hey, a new swig, like a new hope. It's a new swig. Now part two is actually like the Empire Strikes Back, right? But it's CASB Strikes Back, which is another very important cybersecurity area. And then the part three is a, instead of Return of the Jedi, it's Return of ZTNA. So, or Return of Private Access. So it's, it, it's, it's a three part story. Uh, it's a trilogy, and the trilogy pretty much has three features in a single product user experience. And it, again, it all comes with a nice, beautiful user experience that you know to come and expect from Dope Security. I was going to say Dope to close this out because that sounds great. <laughs> but um, Canal, absolute pleasure having you on, brother. Thanks for uh, giving some insight onto that, and I wish you all the best with uh, of success of success with the future. Yeah. Man. Absolutely. And again, thank you so much for having me. I mean, I think one of the best things about this whole experience has been connecting with people from all around the world, right? Something I love to do. And if obviously, if I'm ever over there, we'll get together for a nice espresso. 100%, mate. 100%. And, uh, you know, like, I really appreciate you again, taking the time out. To take Pleasure, a look brother. At it. Pleasure. I hope this works. Top man. Thanks for now. See you.